G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's episode of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always I'm joined on the other side of the desk by my mate Matt. Matt, how are you doing today mate? I don't know, I'm kind of... <laughs> I don't know. I'm walk- just, my, my care factor for this season is very rapidly dwindling. <laughs> you, you walked into this studio a broken man, I feel, after the weekend. There was... Look, this weekend just gone was heartbreaking in some senses, was uplifting in other senses, and was just plain confusing. We're in a, a mm. weird time at the moment for footy and just life in general, but... I mean, it was a roller coaster, and the roller coaster continues with it, with Conor McKenna in particular and Essendon. Now, I know that you have been absolutely slammed at work, so you haven't been able to keep up with a lot of this, have you? <laughs> so I walked in today with no risk kits. I've, I've spent like two minutes looking at the questions and just was like, fuck it, I don't have answers to these. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just. I I heard there was something. He's maybe a false negative now. Well, or a false positive. Basically, the timeline is Wednesday he tested negative. Friday he tested with a small irregularity. Saturday was positive, and today he's tested negative. So somehow he's gotten the disease and gotten over it in about four days. Is uh, he like a wizard? <laughs> I don't know. But the point is, and the main thing is that Essendon are allowed to play this week. So yes, obviously we, we lost out on the game against Melbourne, which yep. sucked, but. <clears throat> You know, the powers that be at AFL Fantasy, Ultimate Footy, Supercoach, they all had their own options and their own um, uh, ways to get around that, which is fantastic, and uh, and all of them were great for their own reasons. A uh, question without notice, actually. Um, hmm. I noticed that so Ultimate Footy and AFL Fantasy went with two different options. So mm-hmm. AFL Fantasy gave you the player's average for this year, yep. and Ultimate Footy went with the projection projected scores, which is uh, obviously based yes. on the, the algorithm and takes into account past matches at certain grounds yes, and against yes. certain teams. I had noticed that they were giving me different scores, but I hadn't <laughs> looked into why yet. What do you what do you think about that? Which which do you <clears> prefer <throat> just off the top of your head at the moment? Because it's an interesting question. Um, depending how accurate the projections are, I probably would prefer that because this early in a season, I don't think there's enough data to rely on averages. Yep. Um, like, if, if we were in the last third or last quarter of the season, then the averages for the year would be probably more, a lot more reflective of that player and how they're going. But if they're just going off averages for the, the three rounds that have been played, um, even if someone has played all three of those rounds, that average is not necessarily reflective of what they'd be putting up in round four. So I prefer projections if those projections have got sufficient data and integrity behind them to give a robust score. And the interesting thing is, on the other side of the argument, is the averages could be said to be more reflective of the player at the current time. So obviously Mm. a player like Christian Petrarca, for example, is smashing it this year, and in, you know, not Brownlow form, all Australian form at Mm. least by the looks of things, in past years his projection would be much lower than what you could expect him to get True, but I would week. expect that the projection probably would have some sort of weighting towards current, exactly. the, the more recent scores. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I sort of come back to it. it. depends how robust and detailed that projection is, which we obviously have no idea about. But assuming that it, it it's strong enough, I would prefer the projection. If the projection is just some 
slight play on the average, then you may as well just go with the average. Interesting question. And we've also got news from... What, what, what about you? What's your take? I mean, I think I would definitely prefer the projections as well. So I know AFL Fantasy, if you pay for the uh, the coach package or whatever the hell it's called, mm-hmm. that you get projected scores included in mm-hmm. that as well as, you know... Um, uh, expected break-evens and that sort of thing. Yeah. So with the projected scores, they do have access to those numbers, and I would, I probably would have preferred that. But really, it's just a minor, you know, minor mm. complaint because honestly, if they're giving you the averages, if they're not increasing in price, I'm just happy there was a score. Yes, absolutely. I'm, Having I'm, said that, I think there may have been some price. Was there price increases? Increases. I, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't mind that too much. I only that's, had, a, okay. I only had like a quick look today, but I do feel that. I do remember seeing some Team price changes. values do need to move upwards. You can't just halt price increases, I would guess. So, yeah, I, honestly, I thought the way that it was handled at the top levels was <coughs> fantastic. And, uh, yeah. and in other good news, obviously, WA, our home state, is opening up uh, to fans. Hmm. So fans will be able to go to the footy from this Saturday, 30,000, and we'll be able to get 60,000 in when they're sort of looking at tentatively booking in a derby on July 18th. Very exciting, um, particularly if we do get to have some sort of hub based here for a little while, um, oh, yeah. because it will, it will be great for all the footy fans who are not necessarily Eagles and um, Frio fans, mm-hmm. or even the Eagles and Frio fans who just want to see some other teams as well. So you might have a few more teams that you can actually go watch. Oh, mate, if there's like a Collingwood-Geelong match or something like that, I'll absolutely be there. Absolutely, That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the round because we've uh, mm. we've got a few games to get through still. Obviously, one less than we're used to, <clears> uh, <throat> but we'll jump straight in with the Thursday night game from last week, which was Richmond versus Hawthorne. Yep. Uh, Richmond got spanked. I mean, this this came right out of the blue. And yeah. without Dusty Martin, obviously, from the outset, which sucked for so many <laughs> fantasy coaches, Yeah, did you end up trading him out? I did. Yeah. Same. I did. Um, but given how poorly the rest of my round went, it wasn't the um, round I was hoping where I'd make <laughs> up a lot of ground in the overall rankings. So I'm kind of now going... You know what? I should have just kept him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. It's I, like every 50 50 <laughs> call I'm making this year seems to be the wrong one. So. <laughs> I got him Bailey Smith for it, and I'm really happy with that. So I can. I did that as well, but then Bailey had his worst game of the year. So. Yeah, had an average game, true, but he still go. This was the best time to buy him. Last week was a fantastic time to get him. Mm. Uh, so we'll go through some of the scores. Isaac Smith just was completely left alone all game. Richmond did not care about him, and he dominated. Um, yep. Every other team in the AFL knows that for Hawthorne, you don't need to worry about Jaeger O'Meara too much. You can keep a close eye on him. You don't need to worry about Tom Mitchell at all. But you need to worry about Isaac Smith because he'll tear you up. Yeah, I'm not sure about O'Meara. I think he's he, do, he does. I think have... you do need to pay a bit of attention to him. Yeah. Mitchell, you're not going to stop regardless of what you do. But <laughs> I, I agree, Isaac Smith is so damaging when he gets mm. a lot of the ball. And he he was a class above in this game. Yeah. Everywhere. Great draft option. Uh, Chad <laughs> Wingard was fantastic. Um, got yep. gifted a couple of free kick goals, um, but that doesn't yep. matter. We still got the points. Yep. Started and, really strongly as well, yep. which I liked. Um, if you don't have him in your salary cap sides, I think he's he's one of the he's top line be forwards top to target at this stage. No, absolutely. Uh, quick talking point on Tom Mitchell as well, because mm. he isn't looking like he has in the past. Now we were able to pick him up super cheap at the start of the year which sort of negates that fact. And he is still climbing just a little bit in price, but we haven't seen the best of him just yet on return. Yeah, look, I've, um, <clears throat> I think he might have actually lost cash this week. He did. He lost three grand this week. Oh, all right. Which is not great. Mm. But having said that, we did get him for that cheap that 
for me, all it really means is we're, I'm, I'm not considering him as a captain option at the moment. No. But I'm happy to hang on to him because if he does turn it around, then I think he'll. we, we know what he can do. Exactly. And, and the fact he's 50% owned in salary cap as well, it does minimise the risk a little bit. And I think we've also had a couple of weeks, like a good two weeks of a lot of sideways trades, which a lot of people have been doing. Yeah. And yes, I don't mind a few sideways trades here and there, and we've got three trades a week, which is fantastic for us to do some of those. Hmm. But at some stage, we have to work towards actually putting complete teams on the park yeah. of, you know, uh, trying Absolutely. to get some of those rookies off. And so. I don't think he, he's not worth enough that you can really sh- move him on to grab some cash to do anything else. It Without, is going to be another sideways trade. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's... I, I would absolutely be holding on to Tom Mitchell. I know a yeah. lot of people have been talking about possibly Having said that, he's got North and GWS next too, which are not going to be particularly fantasy-friendly games, you wouldn't think. Uh, particularly the North one. They'll squeeze the life out of that game. So... Yeah. It'll be interesting, but if he can actually get his um, uh, get his old tackling mojo up, which has been right down, he's made very <coughs> little tackles this year. Yeah. Um, if he can get that back to where it was uh, in previous years, then he can yeah. make a lot of points up that way yeah. against North. And look, realistically, he's not going to be your biggest issue this week anyway. No. So you got bigger fish to fry, I think. Absolutely not. Uh, was there anyone else from Hawthorne, or should we move on to Richmond? Um... It's a, there's a lot of depth guys at Hawthorne, obviously. <laughs> James Sicily's a, a good draft guy, not someone I'm trusting in, uh, in salary cap leagues. Uh, people like... I mean, Liam Shields has been down this year, which has he's, been really unfortunate for draft owners. Yeah, he's generally that guy that <clears throat> goes late in drafts that you forget about, but you you pick up hoping that he's going to be a pretty solid, I don't know, M4? Well, tr- I'm M- trusting that he will be uh, a solid contributor yeah, on the back end. like a set-and-forget guy. Mm-hmm. But he's really been a, just a forget guy this year. Yeah. He's not delivering. Um, I've got him in one of my leagues. He's killing me at the moment. Yeah, it's really rough. Um, um, who yes. else? Not a lot else, I don't no, think. We'll move on to uh, Richmond. and Oh, just one thing. The yeah. the, uh, the big boy and Segler um, situation. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I continue ripping on Segler, uh, but he smashed He's getting the he, job done. He is. Uh, but then again, he's playing against Ivan Soldo, and Richmond do not care about the rock. Is Ivan Soldo's solo rock. You can say that as much as you want. He's getting the job done. I, I will continue to say that. I'd love to see him score 80 points against a actual Rockman. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. Who, who did I say he's got this week? You've got Tom Goldie. Goldstein. Yeah. Right, right. against Goldie. We'll note that down. Write that down in your notes. I always forget we'll to see, refer to these. We'll so. see how Segler goes against Goldie because I guarantee you he is not performing that well. well I don't think he's necessarily going to put up an eighty. Well, I, I don't think he'll put up a fifty. To be really? Honest. Yeah. I don't. I go write it down. Segler's scoring under fifty this week against Goldie. No question. Um, All right, we will move to Richmond now. Um, And Richmond had sort of an old-school Richmond game where there weren't a lot of big scores here. Um, Basher Hooley was really the... uh the most solid contributor with 82, so that's 100 of the old. we were really talking down old mate Basher um, this preseason, saying he was too much in salary cap to even bother looking at. We were. Um, But the backline's very quickly turning into a wasteland. (laughs) So... Uh, I don't know, 796,000, he's still probably too expensive to look at. Yeah, I'm not I'm not touching him. There's no one, like, I looked at my backline today and who my upgrade options were, and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> don't want them, don't want them. It's really quite worrying. Honestly, I would be looking at Bashar Hooli as 
the last upgrade in the defensive line if he's still fit when you're looking at making that last upgrade. Because right now he's too expensive to be really upgraded to when there are some other really value guys around. Um, Talking about the likes of, in the forward line, Wingard, Simpkin, um, obviously Bailey Smith, guys like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, slightly underperforming midfielders who are on the way back, like McRae, for example, who is, is quite cheap at the moment. But, uh, yeah, so Bashar Hooli, I, I think you can wait and see because those calves just worry me. They, they oh, yeah, really me worry too. me. Like, if you me upgrade too. to him now, spend the cash, he does a calf halfway through a game and, <coughs> You're um, screwed. and yeah. loses money. You're yeah, screwed. Exactly. Um, the back line were the ones that made all the points, obviously, in this avalanche. So, Floston was good. Grimes was good. Short was good. Um, and then it's a massive drop-off from there. Vlosten's finally turned it around, hasn't he? He's been he's, very solid this year. He's finally delivering what he had hinted and teased at for so many years. Mm. Well, he's finally locked down that position as well. Yeah. Um, I think he's really benefited from Rance yeah. going. No, uh, qu- a quick one before we move on to the next game. Marlon Pickett mm. has put up back-to-back 30 games, and he wasn't that great in round one either. I... He's one of those guys that I was just thinking, right, I'm going to play him on my park as a rookie every week, um, especially after the grand final. I think now's the time where we need to say, right, move him off the park. So don't trade him, but make sure that he's not on your field. Agreed. He's, yeah, I, I'm not trading him yet. He's still got a little bit of money to make, I he reckon. Does. But yeah, if I can get him off my field, I'm going to try to. My worry is that he, I mean, there were some underperformers in the forward line for them, but my worry is that he might get dropped this week. Uh, he's He is still, you know, that that depth player for them, and they had a smashing against Hawthorne. So, wait and see on that. All right, we'll move on to the next game, which was Friday night, GWS versus the Bullies. Really interesting fantasy footy game to watch and fantasy footy game to track. Um, You know, Bulldogs got the chocolates over GWS. It was a really crunching affair. Um, And unfortunately for me, the bot decided to do halfway decent in this game. Which was a pain. What are you doing? Are you watching? Are you watching a game over there? <laughs> I'm not. My um, my tablet's fucking up again. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I'm about to go. All right, let's go to the players section to see what the scores. And then it changes, and there's a freaking watch replay pops up where I'm hitting. It's so fun to watch your face over the other side of this desk sometimes, man. Um, so we'll go into the Bulldogs first. Alrighty. Um, Jack McRae, 105. This was a big turning game for him. He was everywhere through the midfield. Bevo finally played him at the centre bounces. And the other big thing for me was, obviously, with um, uh, Dunkley going down with an injury. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. McRae will be playing all of his time in the centre bounces, I would have assumed. That means big points. And he has gone down from where to his crazy expensive price. So he's still pricey. He's still 819. But he was priced at basically 900k to start He's the dropped 39,000. Yeah. And his break-even is... Let me just bring that up. His break-even is... 73. He should easily hit that this week, I would have thought. So this is the week to grab Jack McRae if you want him. You'd think uh, so, yeah. It's, it's tough because he's probably... He's one of the... Uh, most expensive midfielders behind uh, Lockie Neal, Andrew Gaff, and those sorts of guys. But this is the week to grab him. He's we know how much of a an absolute gun he is. So are you prioritizing him over Lockie? Uh, oof. Probably this week, yeah. I'd prioritize McRae over Lockie because um, McRae's on the upswing. Lockie Neal, I mean, he's about thirty-five k more. Neal, 
Honestly, Lockie Neal's break-even is quite low as well for a man. He's got a break-even of 31. So... Neal's playing the Crows as well. Jeez, all right. Yeah, I guess I'll change that around and go Neal. But both of those, if you can work to move them into your side, they're going to be absolute guns for you. And they're they legitimate. are. I, I Personally, I have no idea how I would go about doing that. Yeah, I got Neil last week. Um, and luckily, I, I had the cash left over where I can go Andrew Brayshaw up to McRae before I make any trades this week. Nice. Um so we'll get to Brayshaw in a little bit because I want to talk about him. But like I say, McRae is an absolute uh, must-have moving forward <coughs> this season if you want to be competitive. Uh, Daniel got it done again. Fantastic job from him. Yeah, I, I keep waiting for someone to realise that you've just got to stick someone on him because they look for him every time they can. And he's tiny, so if there's such a, just someone standing next to him, he's not going to get any marks. Yeah. But, he keeps getting it. Yeah. Uh, Tim English, uh, much better game against um, a pretty competitive Rockman in um, Sam Jacobs. Um, See, this just epitomises my week. <laughs> I hold Jacobs I know. purely because he's playing so English. So did I. So did I. We gave everybody that advice And last English week. finally plays a decent game and destroys someone. <laughs> no, it was, it was unlucky because... And Tim English did very well. Not so much in the hitouts, but around the ground he looked much better. Which is where he'll score most of his points moving forward, you would think. Yeah. Um, the Bont was a bit more competitive this week with a 72, but he's still not cracking that, you know, that 80 mark, which is equivalent to about 100 in the uh, the longer quarters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, if you've still got the Bont, you need to move him on quickly. Agreed. E- even with Dunkley going out injured. Yeah, I don't think Dunkley actually impacts on his on no. Bont at all. No. Dunkley also, um, Cindus Moses' injury out for possibly, you know, four to six weeks. Look, if you've got him in salary cap, he's an obvious move on. Uh, He's a whole uh, tough one for draft. Once again, it depends where your team is at. How you've um, started the season. And how you've started the season. Because if if you've won every game, you're sitting with him and your team looks very, very good. And you uh, you don't own Josh Dunkley. You can go out and offer something to the guy that does if he's struggling a little bit to try and pick him up. Um, Agreed. You'll be able to get him a little bit cheaper, but that coach, if they're not doing so well at the moment, will take might be able to take the bait. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, we'll move on to Greater Western Sydney. Uh, do we want to talk about? Um... Do you want to do Bailey Watch? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, should. not really. Not really. Bailey Watch, uh, obviously one of our favourite segments from years gone past. Yeah. Um, it's not even really a game anymore because it's just Bailey Smith. It is. 60, I- I'm re- actually really disappointed with that score. I was disappointed with that too, but moving forward this week, I'm just like, right, that's another midfield position open for him. Yeah, you see though, I mean, was he not playing midfield this game? He was playing a little bit more on the wing. He kind of switched roles a bit more with uh, McRae. So Bailey Smith was in the centre bounces a fair amount mm-hmm. um, in the first two weeks, and then McRae wasn't. Yeah. And so Bevo kind of did a little bit of a switcheroo there. Yeah. But Bailey Smith still got onto the outside really well for those plus sixes. Mm. He worked to find the ball. What about your like your liver? What did he do this week? Eh, he was all right. But I mean, no, no. But position wise, was he playing centre? Um, uh, was he to, getting? I'll have to check his centre bounce because uh, I'm just I'm not convinced that it's necessarily a straight increase for Bailey Smith that Dunkley goes out mm. in terms of his his midfield time. <clears throat> no, no, I think it'll be split. But and I I, think, I'm not necessarily. I'm not saying don't go out and get him because I still think he's going to be. He's still one of the best forward options. Oh, absolutely! And I just find it really frustrating that it's <laughs> the one week you bring him in, he gets a sixty rather than an eighty. Pretty or a much, 90. yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I think a lot of people are in that uh, 
in that particular boat <clears> at the <throat> moment, mate. No, you're not the only one. Um, all right, so we'll we'll move on to GWS. Um, yeah, tough one to talk about here. This was a down game from them. Harry Perryman. How does he the top, top score? I don't know, and he's been incredible this year. Harry Perryman has been. He amazing. has been really good. He's playing. He's playing forward. He's kicking a bunch of snags each week. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't understand <coughs> what's going on. So Harry Perryman was fantastic. Um, little quick word on Jackson Hately. Probably going to get dropped despite being in their best players this week. He was legitimately mm. top top four for GWS. And this is the real struggle with GWS. It doesn't matter about the quality of those rookies coming through, because players like Caldwell, Haitley, Green, um, Ash, uh, there's a couple of others down there as well, mm. are all good enough to be playing AFL football at almost any other club going around. But position-wise, GWS have got so many of these young, talented midfielders coming through. Jackson Haitley should be playing every week. Keeper owners would be pissed, and I know because I'm a keeper <laughs> owner. And unfortunately, with Kelly, Green, and uh, oh, there's another one coming back. I just forget who. Uh, Whitfield had the concussion. Whitfield, yeah, Whitfield, sorry. Um, uh, so, Hayley might have taken up some of Whitfield's uh, time out on the wings. Um, there's, yeah, he, he might get pushed out despite being in the best few players for their team. Um, Caldwell was another one who was very, very good in this side. Um, but yeah, they've just got so many of those midfielders. I don't think they have particularly good job security. It's tough. It's fair call. Mm. Um, someone I want to talk about very quickly, yeah. <clears throat> Callan Ward. Yeah. So back for his second game, had 55 against North um, his first week. Mm-hmm. North, I think I said last week, I think they're just going to squeeze teams for scores this year. I agree. Just the game style they're playing. But he had 79 against the Bullies, which is equivalent to, I don't know, 95-ish, mm-hmm. 98-ish. Um, he's got Collingwood and Hawthorne coming up and valued at 556 um, I'm interested this week as a way to just try and make a bit of cash. Oh, a little bit of cash generation. Maybe downgrade one of the other primos, I say in inverted commas. Mm. If, if, you're, if your team is really struggling <clears throat> and you have Josh Dunkley and you want to make a bit of cash, that's probably not the worst idea. That trade to get a, you know, 150, 200k or whatever the, uh, that amount would be and then use that to upgrade in other areas. Um, that's a distinct possibility for me. Um, yeah. and, well, the other one we should mention is Sam Jacobs. 44 this week. Gone. So, yeah, he's gone. He's Wait, well, gone. I think last week we were talking about moving him on until we realised he was playing Tim English, and that yes. was the only reason we said hang on to it. That's what saved him. He failed. He's out. He's gone. And, uh, I mean, it's a straight trade for Pitnet, Pitnet for me, basically, <clears> now. Um, because uh, hopefully Sam Naismith comes back as well. But if I bring in Pitnet, Pitnet will be on the field, even if both of those guys are playing. So... That'll be an interesting one to watch for going forward, but absolutely, this is the time to get Sam Jacobs out. He's pretty much leveled off with his break even. Yeah, he's unfortunately. gone. And Lockie Ash, not the best debut for. Uh, um, Bit underwhelming. Yeah, was. Um, so unfortunately, if you traded him in first week, that's something that we never recommend someone on debut until he gets I a little bit later. I came really in the close season. to doing it. I uh, don't get me wrong. I love Lockie Ash. You know, I love Lockie Ash. But these sorts of guys. You know, I suppose with the especially the later draft picks, you probably do have to pick them up earlier because they're expensive to start with. But yeah, no, especially at GWS, there's no way I'm trusting the job security. Uh, Lucky Whitfield as well, trade him out. I know he's playing this week, yeah, but he's just losing so much cash. He's going to be so cheap in a month's time. Yeah, and I think we've 
for the last week or two, we've been a little bit iffy on whether we want him in our team right now anyway, just with the game style he plays in the short and quarters and just whether it's actually going to suit him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to the next game, which was North and Sydney. Um, Sydney got over the line here, but it was a really good game from a fantasy point of view. There were some good scores here. Uh, all right, the two big ones for, for North. Two top scorers again, Todd Goldstein and Jai Simkin. Are you prioritising bringing in a Todd Goldstein into your team, given that he's still just over 700,000? 736. He's yeah. only 6% owned. So I, so for those of you, like me, who have got Sam Jacobs, <laughs> <clears throat> you've got the dilemma of, do I try and bring Pitney in for him? Yep. Which, is it as sideways? I think you make a teeny bit of money. No, you make a fair amount of money. You make about uh, so 150k. You, you, so, oh, oh, awesome. So you downgrade him to Pitney and you make some money, or you try and get the cash and you upgrade him to either Goldie or Gorn. Yep. Gorn is playing Geelong with Stanley apparently having a sore knee. He's out. Um, and Goldie is playing Hawthorne. So mm. we'll see how he goes against Sigler. Mm. Your just, voice. just to butt in here, 180k you make. 180k. So in that situation, <clears throat> what are you doing? Are you downgrading to make the cash? Are you upgrading to get one of those lockaway primo rucks and get the points on the board? It's it's really <clears throat> tough. At the moment, I'm taking the cash because he's he's scoring very solidly, Pitney, solidly mm. enough to be played on your field every week for the foreseeable future. And he is, his break-even is super low. What's his break-even? His break-even is sitting at negative 14. He's making you a ton of cash. You can step him, stepping stone him later. That's some of the cash that I've used to get Andrew Brayshaw, who's underperforming big time. Yeah. Or, actually, no, he's being undercoached, is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I've used that cash so, to get him up to Jack McRae. So you're confident that's a net point increase for you there? I, I over, so. over not being able to upgrade Brayshaw and... Bringing in a Jacobs or bring in, oh, oh, yeah, sorry, bringing in a Goldstein or a Gorn. Or a Gorn. Look, don't get me, get me wrong. The ultimate aim is to bring in. I, I want to get Gorn. Gorn's the one that I want come season end. Yeah. Um, Goldstein hasn't come up against Grundy or Gorn yet. He has taken on a couple of lesser likes in. Uh, so what he was up against he's Sinclair had, this week, for example. Yeah, he's had Saints, Giants, and Sydney so far. Yeah. So um, so that's I mean Marshall and um, and Ryder. Look, they've. They've been good, but I don't think they're gelling particularly well, to be honest. I think Marshall still definitely should be the solo rock there. Agreed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I I think that Gorn would be the one I would prefer to have over Goldstein. Mm. I can see the argument of getting in Goldstein and sideways trading towards the end of the season. But still, um, yeah, I, I just feel like Pitney, the downgrade to get some cash, that's the movement. Yeah, to be honest, I, I want to get Goldie in this week as a bit of a point of difference, but I think if I do that, I have zero funds to do anything else. Exactly. So I think I'm going to have to go Pitney. Yeah, and you have to spend money to get up to Goldie as well from yeah. Goldstein. Uh, from uh, from Jacobs, I should yeah. say. Um, a decent amount, too. It's like, what, <laughs> five, a hundred? It's about... Almost two hundred thousand to get up it to Goldstein. It is exactly two hundred and three thousand. There you go. You're using all your money to do that, basically. Yeah. Um, all right. And the other one was Jai Simkin. Jai Simkin is the man at the moment for North <laughs> Melbourne. He is an absolute gun. I don't know where this came from. Um, he's always been good, but he's always been very oh, no, good. Sorry. He's always been skilled, but I've never. And until the last couple of weeks, I'd never really seen him put together games with lots of possessions before. I didn't think he would break out to be this pure midfielder. He's a pure midfielder at the moment. I did not think that that would happen. I always thought that he would be that 
Devin Smith sort of style player, maybe a Toby Green style player. Yeah. Not not in the exact physicality or the way they but the role, play the play, like, but the role. The High half forward. forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's yeah. what I thought he was too. I, I was not expecting a full midfield role for him. So but he, he's killing it. He's absolutely gunning it. So he's averaging 85.7. That's about just under 110 in the old, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. His break-even at the moment is 9. So he's going way up. He's 585k, so he's just mm-hmm. over that Callum Ward price that you mentioned. And yep. he's a forward. All signs point to hell yes, I'm getting him in this week no matter what. Yeah. For Brayshaw. Yeah, that's and that's a great move. That's a sideways trade what right there. What price did you say he was? Uh, he's 585k. So he's pretty much sideways, yeah. Exactly. So that's a nice, easy sideways movement for you, which won't cost you much. I'm very, very tempted. I've got Devin's... I, I know I talked about not doing too many sideways <laughs> trades, but I've got Devin Smith sitting in my forward line. I haven't liked too much what I've seen over the first two weeks. Mm. But then again, Heppel has just gone out with an injury. So that's another thing which says to me, he could spend a little bit more time pure midfield rather than high half forward. I'm I'm never a Devon fan. I know. I know you are absolutely anti-Devon. So I'm very tempted to go Devon down to Simpkin and that makes me about 110k. I know. Yeah, two thumbs up. You get the double thumbs up from me. (laughs) All right, mate. Um... So yeah, those are the two real players for North Melbourne at the moment. They're obviously, you know, there were some good performances from Aaron Hall, surprisingly. Um, yeah. We've got uh, Trent Dumont, Jack Zebel was solid enough. But realistically, these are all depth draft guys. You know? Yeah, pretty much. No one um, to focus on too. Who else is there? No one else, really. No. So we'll move over to Sydney. Uh, Isaac Heaney got out of the Heaney zone this week. Did very well with an 86. Um, yeah, he, he was fantastic. JPK has been doing quite well all year just defying the odds. I wonder if that has something to do with the shortened quarters. I wonder if some of these older veterans are able to spend significantly more time on the ground than they would have if the quarters were longer. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. And I mean, there's so many of these flow-on effects that you could really see going either way. Oh, like, I Honestly, I have no idea. We're going to have to wait till the end of the year to sort of I mean, even like, I was thinking about... I think I said last week with rookies that are we going to see rookies scoring less because they're going to spend less time on ground mm. on the flip side they can probably spend more time on ground because the quarters are, are shorter so they don't get as tired yeah. out so and when we say more time on ground we mean more time as an comparatively. average comparatively to the length of the entire game yeah so so they don't get as tired at the end of the mm-hmm. quarter because the quarter's shorter so there's so many of these things that you could really sort of spin either way depending on on how you feel about it on any given day so exactly. I, I don't know I, I honestly, like I say, we have to wait till right at the end of the year before we can really analyse those numbers. Um, unfortunately, uh, youngster McInerney was a late out because he had been steadily making cash. I'm worried mm. that that late out means that he's he's well, done for a while. The word was he was gonna he was in real danger of being dropped on um, Thursday night anyway. Yeah. So yeah I tend to agree with that I think he may struggle to get his spot back in in the short term it'll be interesting to see um, Collingwood and St Kilda um, I mean this this was just a, a non-contest in the end again there's, there's been a few of these this round um, 81 to 37 the Pies just spanked them um, and again I don't know why but Saints just let Steel Sidebottom run away with the game and every every team, it's just like Isaac Smith for Hawthorne. Every team knows if you tag Steel side bottom, he can't get away from a tag. I don't know why they didn't stick a hard tag on him, but neither here nor there. 126 <laughs> was fantastic from Steel. Huge. Still not touching him in 
in salary cap leagues. Well, heard... if anyone does tag him, then that kills your week. So. Exactly. I, I mean, I've heard some people on Twitter, or I've seen some people on Twitter saying, you know, they like Steele's numbers, and he is performing quite well this year, but all it takes is that one tag, and he can't fight through it. Yeah. I always get suckered into grabbing him in draft. And... <laughs> <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Maynard's had a very good year. Draft owners will be so happy. It's finally happened. <laughs> it's, it's Maynard and Vlosten. It's the year for these guys that we've been waiting on for a few. Maynard, Vlosten, Florent, all these guys that, <laughs> that at one point or another I've had in my keeper side and then ditched because I got sick of waiting. <laughs> so so this is just really, really hurting you at the moment. <laughs> this is just killing me, man. Um, it's like death by a thousand cuts. Brody Grundy, fantastic as always. Pendles is having just a, a stellar rebirth sort of year. He, he's been amazing. Uh, Jack Crisp, we know he's going to be a top-line defender at the end of the year. He's one that we need to start looking at bringing in. Uh, and I will... I, I'm not looking at Crisp at the well, moment. No, no, he's, he's one that you have to target towards the end of the year. When, when you're completing your team... Crisp needs to be in your top six defenders. Yeah, I'm still genuinely just like, I don't know who the top six defenders are going to be at this stage because there's so many of them that just don't inspire confidence. Yeah, I mean, realistically, we know Sam Doherty, yes. Jeremy Howe, for me, yes, is, yeah. the, is the other one who I would suggest is has been just so good that he's one that almost guarantees his position. Jake Lloyd, that's a third. Mm-hmm. We yep. know what Lloyd does every single year. Yep. And then it gets a little bit... I mean, if, so, Crisp is one that I would consider four. I, I think Crisp is definitely in that top-line defense. So I, if Hooley stays fit, Hooley's there ahead of him. Hooley's, well, Hooley's there as well, um, if he stays fit. And that's a big if. I mean, I'm, as we're going at the moment... Where's the average per round? There it is. Like, Maynard's smashing him at the moment. No, Maynard, no, he's not He's almost, finishing. he's nine points ahead of him no, on average. No, not, not finishing. He's not going to run out the whole year. Garrett, you can write that in your notes as well. <laughs> Maynard is not going to be near the top ten defenders at the end of the year. Look, I think Chris will come good at some point, but I'm not as dead set as you are that he's going to be top six end of the year. There's always someone that surprises you and creeps in. Mm-hmm. They, this year is so bizarre when it's, it surprises yeah. There's a couple of surprises. And Crisp, for me, is the guy that, that very easily could slip out. Well, Lockie Weller is one of the big surprises <laughs> to start the year. But again, mark this down. Do not get Lockie Weller into your side. I understand that he is very underpriced for what he has been delivering. And he does have a very low break-even. That tempts me. His break-even's 27. But he has also played... So who who's he played? He's played, he's played Adelaide. Port. No, he hasn't played... Oh, he has. He's played Port. He's played West Coast. He's played Adelaide. Yeah, so he was okay against Port. Um, and then he played West Coast, who are just a shadow so, of themselves. Against Port, he got what would probably be the equivalent of about 83 or 84. Yeah, so okay, okay. And then he played West Coast, and he dominated against West Coast. Yep. Um, and West Coast are a shadow of themselves. They are offering no competition whatsoever. Yep. And then he played Adelaide, who are even less than a shadow of themselves. I don't even know what Adelaide are. Yep. Um, but they are the most fantasy-friendly team to play against. And, look, Lockie Weller is going to come up against more difficult teams. You've really got to be careful hmm. about some of these guys who've had easy starts. Or agreed, easy starts. Agreed. But our... We've got premiums that are underperforming at the moment and losing yes. a lot of cash. We've got rookies that are not ready for culling yet. Mm-hmm. There is the danger of having too many stepping stones, but I would not be upset with this guy's a stepping stone mm-hmm. in defense. Yeah, I he d- plays Frio next. 
that's true. That is a, that is another good game. And Frio, yeah, Frio will give up points, and he will. He was well, on the flip side. He could come out and try and really dominate against his old team, or his old team could realize how good a player he is and lock down on him. That's a really interesting note. New coach. Yeah, true. If it was Ross Lyon, it would probably be very, very different. Yeah. Long, but the players will have long memories, and he left them. <coughs> they yes, but I think they got bigger, bigger issues. If that's their, if that's their driver this week, then they're going to get destroyed regardless of how well they're going against Weller. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, just talking about the top six defenders at the moment, it is Doherty, it is Howe, it is Lloyd, it is. Crisp, it is Hooley for me. That sixth player will be very interesting to see because, you know, Weller's in the conversation at the moment. Darcy Byrne Jones has been pretty solid. Uh, Tom Stewart's been pretty good to start the year as well. Uh, Laird slipped down a bit. Caleb Daniels on the way back up. It's it's really a free for all. It, it is. And for me, I'm just, I'm not convinced enough on any of them. It's my to go last, after them at the moment. It's my last line that I'm looking to upgrade. At the Agreed. moment, the forwards are really tempting. People yeah. like Simkin and Smith. Yeah. And there's midfielders who are underpriced too. Yep, yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. Okay. Although okay. having said that again, the forwards, there's a danger that they end up just being stepping stones. But, you know, that's this year. We'll see what happens there. Um, okay, so we'll move on to... Uh, well, should we quickly touch on Dacos with a nice little 71 there for a uh, risk it for the biscuit <laughs> pick for me last week? Uh, yes, I will give you... Two points for Dacos. Yes. <laughs> um, what, did he, what did he say you got? 71? 71. Uh, it's just, it's about, I don't know, 88, 89. Yep. So, uh, no, actually, that's probably one it's point. It's probably one point. All right, I'll give you, yeah, fair I'll cool. give you one point. Fair call. Well, but no, that was a really good, really good score from him. Um, I think we talked about him last week, obviously. So, we like what he's doing. Yeah. And the role seems pretty pretty good at the moment uh, on the other side of the ledger for St Kilda Dan Butler got a nice little 83 for me as well with a risk it for the biscuit pick he was very very good this week um, 83, 83. Uh, as a forward I'll take two points for you that you'll definitely take two points for that yeah very nicely done thank you very much um, and I think he's still reasonably under owned in a lot of ultimate footy leagues he is well. yeah he's got low ownership and he is looking very good he's uh, I the think... role is looking really good mm-hmm. so I really like him as a streamer for the next couple of weeks yeah. um, and then sort of reassess after that yeah. um, just some draft sort of guys in here Brad Hill was much better this week compared to last week mm. um, some keeper guys like Caulfield was a bit better performed and good to see him to progress a little bit um, Yeah, honestly not too much to talk about a lot of disappointments like Sam Ro- uh, Seb Ross here I should say with a 53 uh, Hunter Clark with only a 60 that's, that's not good enough for what a lot of people were hoping for it, it was a rough game for St Kilda. Yes, really it was. rough game. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next one, which was Geelong and Carlton. Matt Carlton beat the Cats this is at Cardinia. Amazing. I don't even know how this happened. Amazing. I do not know legitimately what happened, but it was incredible. No, what happened is Carlton realised they needed to play four quarters. Yeah, and, and all- turn up in the first one. Well, I mean, to be fair, they were they were up by about twenty odd points at the end of the third, and they almost lost. They won by two in the end. Uh, but but they got the job done. And Paddy Cripps went superhuman in this game, and that's what Carlton need. We spoke about it before. Cripps, if Cripps doesn't go superhuman, Carlton don't really stand a chance. But when he does, holy crap, they are good. Yeah. Or he is good, I should say. Yes. Uh, 90, 99, I, I can see you seething on the other side of the desk. You traded him out, didn't you? I did. Who for? Joel Selwood. <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. 
And you, it was in the same game as well. You would have seen them play on each other. Oh my god. Uh, it's actually one of those games I was happy I wasn't watching. Holy shit. I checked the scores a couple of times and then would just turn my phone off. That's incredible. Um, Sam Doherty has just been so good since coming back. Uh, we've already spoken about Mark Pitney with his 70 <coughs> Jack Martin, a good game from him. Oh, he was loving him this year. But this he is... was down last week. So he first was... week, first week incredible, second week down, this week very good. He's he's going to play that small half or medium half forward role where he has great Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. He's definitely not a salary cap guy, not interested there. Agreed. But if you got him in draft, then oh, well done. Applause to you. You you're doing bloody well. Um Gibbons is very underowned in draft leagues like if you're in a very, very deep league, he's been surprisingly solid this year, has Mark Gibbons. You want Michael to talk Gibbons. about surprising? What? Casbolt. No, I don't want to talk about Levi Casbolt. 82, 46, 73. Mm. In Ultimate 40, he's a back forward. Mm. 65% owned. I hate that we're talking about Levi Casbolt <laughs> on a fantasy footy podcast. That just hurts my soul. I know. Um, but they're, they're <laughs> decent numbers. They're good numbers. Don't get me wrong. They're very good numbers. But I just can't touch Levi Casbolt. Because he's going to come out next week and get a 30. (laughs) I I don't mind the idea of streaming him if you're struggling in your forward line or your back line. All right. All right. Uh, We'll move on to to Geelong. Uh, Oh, quick word on Sammy Walsh. A bit of second-year blues, maybe, this year? Or is it just, uh, you know... Maybe everything that's going... It, it's really hard to tell. Like It, yeah, it could be a know. lot of factors, but he's not scoring as well as he was what, last What has his last couple of games been like? Uh, so Sam Walsh went... <laughs> let me... Question without notice. Uh, because now you mentioned it, I don't remember seeing a huge amount of him in the other games that I've watched for him. Yeah, so... Sam Walsh... Averaging 61 for the year. I guess he's been okay. Um, so he went... 65, 66, 49. So, yeah, so not yeah. great. No, not, not particularly not great. great. High averaging, 70s equivalent. High 70s, low 80s <clears throat> equivalent. Um, <throat> which, as a mid... I mean, he's going to be a gun, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, moving on to Geelong. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not a whole lot to talk about from a fantasy point of view here. Duncan, for a draft owners, was the top scorer. And like we said earlier, Tom Stewart's been very good to start the year. Paddy Dangerfield had a bit of a dirty day, but came back at the end to get some late points um, for 72, which is okay. But he's losing so much cash. If you've got him in salary cap, you need to ditch him. He's a guy I think you do need to move on. 100%. Um, yes, Joel Selwood. 67. Well, he met his, he beat his break-even and made some money for you. He did. Um, I was hoping that he'd do a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> Um, but you know what? I've got him now, so let's hope he goes better next week. Fingers crossed for you, man. Against uh, whoever it is he has next week. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go on to the next game, which was the Saturday night game, Brisbane v. West Coast. Uh, again, West Coast just not looking up to it at the moment, um, and Brisbane ran away with it. And the way they ran away with it is with the fantasy gun that is Lockie Neal at the moment. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's just killing it. He is. He did this to start last year as well, though, didn't he? He was. Bez- he just went berserk to start he, last he year, did, yeah. and then people started paying attention to him, and he slowed down a bit. And I think from memory, came home strongly at the end of the well, year. He's spending like pretty much hundred percent of the time on ground. He just does not want to go to the interchange bench, and I love that <laughs> from a fantasy footballer. 
So what, what's he got? He's well, like we mentioned earlier, his break even's thirty one. So he's still going up in money. Yeah, he's killing it. Oh, it, it also it would also help the fact that he's playing every game at home at the moment. That is true. <laughs> You've got to take that into account. And I mean, you said this two weeks ago. He would. He was definitely always going to benefit from the hubs, which yeah. I think he's got another couple of weeks there. Um, and then we reassess the season. It wouldn't surprise me if he plays if the hub up there continues with more Victorian teams. In which case. It's just going to benefit him. Mm-hmm. But the, it's just the split I love. He's making <clears throat> points from goals, from tackles, from marks, yeah. from handballs. He can kicks. do everything, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just awesome. Um, Hugh McCluggage was fantastic in this game. Mm. Um, he, he was absolutely everywhere. I think he's going to be one that teams pay a lot of attention to going forward. Um, look, Jared Lyons has been a great pickup as well for draft owners. The man of mystery. The man of mystery. He's not mysterious anymore, man. I don't think we can call him the man of mystery. I oh, still do. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Stasevich has been a fantastic rookie option um, as a defender. Yes, 60 points. He uh, has. He's going to make a lot of money. 294,000. He's probably still time to jump on if you want. I believe he was one of your risking for the biscuit picks last week as well. You believe correctly. Yes. What did you score again? Uh, he scored a 60, so I think that's one point for you. Uh, yes, I will take one point for that. Yeah. So, all right. We've got a few points in this this round. I love it. Um, okay, uh, not too much else to sort of hone in on from a fantasy point of view. All, all depth, guys. Uh, Cam ellis Yeoman came in for Zorko, didn't do a lot. You think he probably goes back out he if probably Zorko goes through. I, I honestly still think that Tom Berry might be going out. I, Cam ellis Yeoman probably goes out first, but Berry didn't do too much in this game. Yeah, so. only four touches this game. Not as strong as last time. No. Um, on the West Coast side of things, Gaff is a gun fantasy footballer and teams do not care because really he doesn't hurt them too much he's well the thing with Gaff is he's a good linking player but the players that he's supposed to be linking it to and linking it from aren't playing well yeah so he's getting into space he's doing his job he's taking the mark he's he's kicking the ball out wide and then whoever's receiving the ball is just stuffing up so uh, honestly this is absolute fantasy goal because teams know Mm. they don't need to stress about him so, if he's not in your side, work towards getting him in your side. Um, Nick Nat just gave a uh, yeah. ruck lesson. Great draft option. Yeah, fantastic. Still not interested in salary cap. But then a huge drop-off <laughs> to the next best fantasy guy. With, um, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> um, with Brander getting 68. So, he's another one who's... He took a few inset marks in this game and cemented his spot in the best 20. I'm really glad because um, he was definitely on the chopping block for my team and mm. it just would have... Um, it's nice to see him actually score and get a bit of a... Reset his break even a little bit. Exactly. Make some money. Um, but there's a lot of guys that some people might have been looking at both in draft. People like Tim Kelly, 61. Elliot Yo, I know you own him, unfortunately. I do. He's uh, another one of my underperforming premiums. Yep. Uh, another one. And Luke Shuey had been... was. The second highest uh, averaging midfielder, I think, going into last round, and he got a thirty-one. Tell you what, talk about letting us down. Last week, I think we said Yo and Shuey were those West Coast midfielders you could probably rely on <laughs> in, up on the Gold Coast because in those greasy conditions they'd lay a lot of tackles and be in and under. We were wrong. <laughs> we were wrong. Oh shit. We man. were wrong. Um, sorry about that. No, we'll move to the next game, which was another Gold Coast. Oh, sorry, just the one other yep, thing. Yep. I think again we touched on this last week in draft. Jettison all West Coast forwards yep, immediately. Agreed, agreed. Get rid of them because they they look shit. Um, yeah, Gold Coast smashed Adelaide. Um, I know Adelaide are bad, but we've got to give credit to Gold Coast. They are looking so good at the moment. Mm. Um, and uh, 
competition MVP, Matty Rao. 104 back to back hundreds. Back to back man of the match. Beasting. <laughs> he's, Absolute. He's so beast, good. Man. Oh my god. Um, look, 10 it, tackles as well. That it, says a lot for a first year player. Yeah, look, he's, he's a gun. He's going to make a lot of money. Some people are saying, look, he's going to be in my team at the end of the year. He's not. Um, no. Things are going to level out. Uh, he's going to come up against harder teams. Yeah. Um, Enjoy it while it lasts. Though. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Sam Walsh. He's last Walsh year. of last year. Mm-hmm. He'll be your very last rookie upgraded. Yeah, and he's fantastic at it. Uh, Took Miller great for drafts this week. Uh, we've got a lot of really good draft guys who performed this week. We've got Bose, Ellis, mm. Ainsworth, Wits, all going over eighty, which is awesome. Um, Lockie Weller, we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, look, they, they're going great guns. Connor Buderick is making ton, a lot of money, and he's one that I thought might not be best 22 when the year mm, started. He's smashing it. Start him on the field. He, well, reckon... he was um, uh, uh, rising star this week. Yep. He was great. Playing Frio as well this week, so you'd think they'll score a lot of points as well because Frio's also mm-hmm. trash. Um, the, the one rookie that didn't perform so well this week, but his spot's not in, um, in any danger, was Noah Anderson. 39... Mm. Considering we recommended getting him in last week when he was priced around three hundred, not what you'd be hoping for, but I would say that he improves. You know, he he's less so like Matt Rowell, who will be consistently good scorer. He's more of one of those players like a you know an early Nat Fife who will have massive games and then he will have slow games. Yep, absolutely. Um, not really anyone else I want to talk about no, specifically. So, so Adelaide, do we even want to talk about Adelaide? Really, I mean. Riley O'Brien is still doing very well. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. a top line ruckman for draft leagues, um, and then just some some defenders. Tom Doty had a, had a great game. Brad Crouch, we know what we're going to get from him most games. The same with Rory Laird, um, and and then it just drops off. I suppose a stronger game for Brody Smith. <laughs> Be good for the Brody Smith owners, those that hung on to him. He yep. would have repaid that a little bit. Probably reset his break even a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can probably afford to hang on to him for a bit a little bit longer. Yeah. Other than that, though, not a lot to talk about. No, I traded in Rory Sloan from you in, um, uh, or I did a trade with you in our keeper league, and um, that's coming back oh, to yeah. bite me in the ass. Very glad I is, jettisoned him. He is shanking it. What did you give me for him again? I think a second round pick or something like that. Thank you very much. Um, no, he is absolutely shanking it at the moment. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the last game of the round, which was Port versus Frio. Good contest in the first quarter, and then Frio gave up for the second quarter, and then it sort of... Freo did that um, Western Australian thing where they don't know what rain is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or how to play in it. That's exactly what it was. Like, as soon as it started raining, they were just like, what? Well, you know what was amazing was watching Charlie Dixon in the rain. He was clunking contested what marks. A, yeah, that was amazing. And it was monsoonal at one stage. <laughs> he was. He, was he like, didn't care. There were one grabs as well. Water was running off of him, and he's just clunking these one grabs. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, pretty incredible. So, uh, look, All right, the, who are we doing first? On the fantasy side, we've got uh, Travis Boak, who's been, you know, a picture of consistency. He's yeah. he's still very good, but he's one of those players that, again, I don't think will be there at the end of the year, performing to this level fantasy wise. Port have also had a pretty decent run yes. with teams. Yeah. They've played Frio, Adelaide, and. Uh, we, they've got West Coast next week. West Coast um, next, yeah. I forget, so, the, I forget the first team that they played. Did they play Gold Coast in the very first round? Might have done. Yeah, um, I think they might have. So they've had a pretty good run in terms of scoring. Yeah. So 
it'll be interesting to see how they go when they come against some of the tougher teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. Brad Ebert was very good after scoring about two points in the first quarter. That was that was really cool. Um, Ollie Wine's successful comeback was fantastic. We mm. mentioned Charlie Dixon already, who was great for draft owners. Uh, the disappointment for me was Tommy Rockliffe. I thought this would have been the perfect game for Tom Rockliffe, and he could only manage a 63. Yeah, I think we, we've we got to ignore the name Rockliffe. Well, the thing is, Rockliffe was very good in the first two weeks. He was yep. very good. Yep, but he's just another midfielder now. He'll have yeah. good games, he'll have bad games. Yeah. If he was anyone other than Rockliffe, we wouldn't we wouldn't be going, oh, I'm surprised by that. It mm. would just be like, well, he had a good couple of weeks, and now he's had a bad week. Yeah. So I think that's just how we have to approach him now. He's another one of those mid-tier, mid-price midfielders who's going to have really good games. And when he has good games, they're going to be amazing because mm-hmm. we know the fantasy pedigree. But we, we can't back that in every week. Yeah. So you'd sort of consider him, what, on the same sort of level as maybe a... Like a Luke Parker sort of yeah, midfielder? Yeah, sort of guy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, that makes exactly. sense Exactly. Parker's actually a really good example. When he goes big, he's amazing. But you can't back it in consistency. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good comparison right there. Um, all right, the other one I want to talk about is Dan Houston. Now, he is playing in the back line. Gone. You go, so, gone. Done. Gone. Wow, all right. I mean... They're I, winning. Yeah. They're not changing things for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. He's... I don't know if he's dropping cash yet, but it's not going to be long. No. Der, I know Dersma's out with a hamstring for quite a while. Is that something that might change your mind? Maybe he'll get some midfield time? His break-even's 54, and he's only averaging... Uh, what's he averaging? He's averaging 67, so technically he's still got a tiny bit of cash to make. <sighs> Look, he, it's, it's situational. For me, he's someone who I might actually be able to get something from money-wise, mm. so I've got to move on him now. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, but I, I I don't mind giving him another week. Like you said, he's playing who West Coast this week. Yeah. So he'll probably get some points because yeah. West Coast forward line is not functioning. And there is a chance that, don't get me wrong, West, West Coast have been awful, but they still do technically have a good midfield with a lot of guns in there yeah. that Port will need to combat. I honestly think that maybe if there's any game which uh, he might get some midfield time for, this might be the game. Maybe they thought, right, we can mm. afford to use you in defence, but we've lost Dersma now. We're going to move Rosie out onto the wing to get a little bit more time there, and you can take a little bit more midfield time as opposed to pure defence. Uh, I mean, Rosie was playing pretty much as a forward that, this this week, yeah, so I don't tough. see that that makes a difference. If, if Dersma makes an impact, it's because he's taking Dersma's role. Mm. But even I'm then, he's, not, he's more of an inside mid yeah, rather than I'm an outside. I'm not sure that's happening, so... Yeah. I, I'd be leaning towards moving him on. We were lied to. Well, realistically, I mean, we're... <laughs> 100%. But, you know, that's fantasy. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to quickly touch on the super boot. Mackenzie. He's back. Oh, he's awesome. He's, he's looking um, so good. 61, 75, 72. Uh, he's too heavily owned for me to include him risk it this week, unfortunately. I would have included him too, don't you worry. Um, but he's still low enough owned that you can go out and grab him in draft leagues. I think he's around about 72-odd percent. 62%. So 62, there you go. He's available in 38% so, yeah. of leagues. That's a lot. I'd definitely be looking at him. Mm-hmm. The one... I guess one of the things that does concern me about Port is they do have a lot of halfbacks. They've got a lot of rebounders. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be expecting his score is going to stay... 
around this 70 mark consistently but while it does I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from it yeah no it's, it's, it's fantastic what he's been able to do on the comeback um, okay so we'll move on to Fremantle and so Frio yeah Frio 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 yeah. you remember beginning of the year in the preseason we were having these wonderful discussions of who was going to take the points on offer from Frio <laughs> with Langdon and Hill leaving you and I were, were championing um, Blakely, mm-hmm. which obviously hasn't worked out. Oh, Jesus Hasn't Christ. even seen the field. Um, Brayshaw was the favourite. There was talk of Chera. Um, Akers and Ash had a little bit of talk after the, the, um, the preseason games where they did really well. Yep. Um, but as it turns out, the real answer was none of the above. No. No one is picking up the points. They're just sharing it between some random person each week. Yeah. Thanks, and, and Frio. This is the most Frio thing to do I know. ever. I know. And also, not even sharing it between random players each week, sharing it between players each quarter. Like, Darcy yes. Tucker had like 30 points in one quarter and then didn't go near the ball. Um, Brayshaw's starting games off really well yeah. and then just disappearing after quarter time. The reason for that is, again, we <clears> talked about it last week, this confusing coaching method of putting him on the ground for 65-ish percent of the game. If, if there's something wrong with him... Why is he playing? Why is he playing? But if there's also something wrong with him, like, just we don't know. The the public isn't informed. You know, yeah. it's... Uh, I, I Usually something sort of leaks out if there is an issue. Exactly. <clears throat> I did know. see something that he maybe had a corked calf. But he's been doing it all year. So <clears throat> if it, has he had a corked calf since round one? <laughs> maybe. I mean, that was three months ago. We've, I don't know. It, look, I, I'm moving Andrew Brasher out of my side this week, no questions, because I, I can't deal with another 65% game time score that's looking like it's going to be very good and then ends up in the 60s because he's just so limited in what he's been doing. Yeah, agreed. Um, like He played only 1% or 2% more than David Mundy, who came back from a long injury layoff. I know that he's a veteran, but surely there's got to be some, you know, uh, some fitness issues there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just talking about some of the good performers, Nat Fife and Michael Walters, they're basically the team. They're, they are so <laughs> That's good. It. it is just them. Echera was good in this game, <clears throat> and so was Tucker. So And Aish, we, I've got him in my fantasy, uh, my salary cap team as well. He's still making some Again, cash. all of them started well mm. and then fell away. So well, I the don't rain know. had an effect on that. Yeah, but it wasn't even just the rain. Like, they just weren't touching the ball. Yeah. They, they can't win clearances. The ball just goes the other way, and then they can't control it enough to get it out. So, yeah, yeah, no stress. Um, um, yeah, so Sam Sturt's one I quickly want to touch on, um, which just for the unfortunate reason that if you bought him in this week, like I did, <coughs> or if you held him all that time since round one after that absolutely amazing game, he missed the second round. He comes back in this round and he injures his ankle and he's out for three to four weeks. So, unfortunately, it looks like. Yeah. I'll probably end up holding him just because, or at least for this week, because there's other players I want to get in. But yeah, that's that's just unfortunate because his break even was is still low <laughs> even with a 14 point game this week. Yeah, very unfortunate. Um, all right, so that that's all the games for this round. Shall we move on to some of the questions we've got on Twitter? Let's do it. We've got a few to get through. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, just with a, a really odd round and a lot of other things to talk about aside from just fantasy footy. Questions we've got through. The first one is from Matty Mottram. Uh, he's asking, is Neil the real deal and a must for a reliable captain score week to week? Um, and who to go first from Andrew Brayshaw, Houston, and uh, the former pig, uh, Mitchell, or Greenwood? So, in, so a few questions in there. Um, 
All right, so uh, Neil, yes, is the real deal for me. No question. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think he's going to be a top three mid at the end of the year. Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree. I think yep. so. Yeah, so, so. I, I'm not. Simple. I'm not moving heaven and earth to get him this week, but he's definitely someone I want to look at getting mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and he's asking uh, who's who has to go first out of Brayshaw and Houston, um, and do we have to look at also moving Mitchell and Greenwood? Um, for me, um, it's- so why are we moving Greenwood? All right, so yeah, I, I'm not sure there's a big problem with Greenwood. He was very solid this week. I think he had a 77. I suppose what he would be worried about is the low possession numbers, and he needed 13-odd tackles to get up to that number. True. Um, yep, already. So where is he? He is... Yeah, 77 this week. He made 8K. He's and got Frio and Geelong coming up. I'm comfortable playing him in both of those yeah, games. Yeah, I'd, I'd leave him in for another couple of weeks. There's bigger problems, but yep. Brayshaw for me, yeah, he's, he's one to ditch. Yeah, I'm going... Oh, yeah, Brayshaw... Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because they're, they're, the issues are coming from different areas. Like, Brayshaw is starting games well and he's winning a lot of the ball and then just trailing away. Houston is just not doing anything much. Yeah. But... Mm, it's tough. I, I'm, I'm probably I'm moving Brayshaw first. first because we've got more options for what we can do with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and But closely followed by Houston. I'm comfortable leaving Titch for the time being... Um, just because I, I think we got bigger issues to fry, and I don't know. I don't think there's enough monetary driver to actually do anything about yeah, him. Agree, one hundred percent. From our mate with the best name. Wait, in... wait, wait, you missed part of his question. Did I? Did I? Is Maddie Rowell our new perma captain? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, Maddie Rowell is a very good fantasy player at the moment, and he's going to make you a lot of cash. And hats off to anyone who had the balls to captain him last week. Well, yeah, to to an extent, um, that was a very, very good move. But if you owned, for example, Lockie Neal, and you put uh, Maddie Rowell with the captaincy, that's, you know, 20 less points. I think, yes, but playing... And don't get me wrong, very, very good move. Like, honestly, if if he was I mean, you can you... say that with anything with the, the benefit of hindsight. That's true. But... Yeah, it's a it's a, it was a ballsy move, but and a lot pay. of a lot of the those guys that you would consider to be captaincy options, your Cogs, your Whitfields, um, even Cripps' mm-hmm. score was was overshadowed. So a ballsy move paid off. I don't know it will pay off often though. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, like I was saying before, the uh, the guy with the best name in the fantasy business, Goonbag Fantasy, <coughs> is getting in touch with us asking. With Dunkley out, is it better to switch to McRae rather than upgrading to Neil? I get a feeling that sides will start to clamp down on Neil while McRae will rack up without Dunkley there. Um, great question. I yep. love that thinking. Um, well, tags is one of your favourite topics to discuss, mm-hmm. so what do you reckon? Well, I think that Neil... The the one thing that might save him a little bit is Humor Cluggage at the moment is such a damaging player. And it, it's almost that, you know... Um, Isaac Smith versus Tom Mitchell scenario here again where teams might be able to say right we can let Neil go just that little bit more play someone mm-hmm. off of him whereas with Hugh McCluggage we've got to clamp him down because he's going to do so much offensive damage um, so for me if you were choosing out of those two this week Neil or McRae I think I've gone back on what I said at the start of the podcast and I'd want to get Neil in first <laughs> Uh, because, yeah, there are, there's only 20k difference, or I think it's actually 15k difference between them, and Neil is just absolutely hammering it at the moment. He's going great guns um, and, and has a break-even of 31, so realistically, you know, 
even if he has a, a down game and scores around about an 80, 85, he's still going up a fair way in cash. So, yeah, I would be prioritizing Neil over McRae, but McRae would be just behind him. If you can find a way, way to get both of those guys into your side, if you had a bit of a war chest prior to this week, that's the move. Yeah, it's about 46... Thousand. Is it forty six thousand? Forty forty seven thousand. Is what's what's Neil at now? Uh, Eight fifty six. Oh, so he has gone up a little bit more. <clears throat> uh, it's still Neil. Still Neil. If you've got the money, I think Neil's probably safer. Mm. I say really uneasily. Well, yeah, well, we're saying uneasily, but we think both of them are going to be guns. So really, yeah. you can't go wrong with either or. Um, question from Craig asking: Looking. To trade out Dunkley and Jacobs. If I go Jacobs to Lysette, then I can get McGrath if he's playing. Mm-hmm. Ward or Wingard. Uh, but if I go Jacobs to Nick Nat, I can get any of the Collingwood mids, Merritt, Lyons, or Boak. Jeez. Um, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> want Lysette or Nick Nat, um, to, be, to be honest. Um, if if you already own Pitt Nay, um, and if Naismith is named to play this week, I would bring Naismith in to make some cash. Realistically, what's Nick Nat valued at? Uh, Nick, I have absolutely no idea. I just that's okay. I'll figure it out. Do not want Nick Nat Nui in my salary cap team um, because he's not playing a considerable amount of time on ground. But he's scoring so well with the game time he's got. Mm, 53, 62, 94. That is really good, and he's got a break even of nine. He's coming up against Scotty Lysette this week, but then he'll have Ivan Solder. Yeah, okay, so Nick Nett is 5'10". <clears throat> You're saving a lot of money if you go to Anae Smith. Yeah, I I would not want Lysett at all. So Lysett's right out of the conversation for me there. Uh, 6'36". I think at that value, I'm not really interested. No, not, not at all for me. Uh, but Nick Nat could be tempting. But just be warned that he can have a bad game. Um, so, so, yeah. I. So, it, it, just going back to your question... I would probably go Nick Nat and get Ward in of those three or Wingard. There's something about McGrath I just don't trust. I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> I'm I, I brought McGrath in last week. Yeah, I'm comfortable enough playing McGrath. Um, Ward or Wingard? Yeah, look, I'm probably happy with any of those yeah, three. All, all three of those guys and Nick Nat is um. Uh, sorry, no, that that was with Lysett. Um with Nick Nat, he has a little bit more money to go up to some of those other guys. Uh, I'm still going McGraw, Ward, or Wingard. Yeah. Pocketing the cash and then... Upgrading somewhere else. Next yeah. week, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. I'd be doing that, mate. Um, Roy O'Bannon asks, I have Rosie and Houston. Both are rubbish, but who goes first? Dozma is out for a few weeks, so does Rosie get more of the pill? Uh, 23 is too putrid for me to cop again. Unlucky. Um, Understood. Uh, Rosie goes first, and then Houston. For the reasons uh, you just said. My gut feeling, yeah. Yep. I'm just checking to see the the costs of them. Yeah. So Houston's 605. Mm-hmm. Rosie is 564. That's probably... Well, it's 28k to get him up to um, Simkin. Yep, do That's that. That's what I'd be doing. Do that. Um, from TMAC, our good mate TMAC, uh, should we be asking Neil, as, or should we be chasing Neil <clears> as the <throat> form captain option or look for value to complete the team quicker? Thinking of uh, Jacobs to Pitney, Noble to Rivers, Andrew Brayshaw to Neil. 
uh, could go Brody Smith and Buley to Rivers and Neal. No, I like those three that you put forward. Those three are the gra- uh, fantastic ideas. Yeah, yeah I really like, like I that. like Jacobs to Pitney. I like Noble to Rivers. I like Brayshaw to Neal. Love it. Brody Smith has redeemed himself slightly with the last game. Um, He's done well enough to give him another week. Yeah, um, and Buley still has a little bit of cash to make. Yeah, still a little bit. Um, at least one or two more weeks of cash. So I would do, be doing those three trades, mate. Um, Paul Lewis, uh, I've got players dropping quicker than Paris Hilton's undies at the moment. Um, <laughs> rough as guts, mate. Um, Josh Kelly laid out, forced my hand, went tricky and got shooey, averaging 105 and gets me a 31. Whitfield Ouch. sucked, plus many more premiums. Is this the year we go mid-price madness and what's to lose? Um, look, uh, like, like we said, Shuey averaging 105, getting a 31. That we know he's, he was carrying a bit of a corky, but still <clears throat> that sucks. Um, uh, he can't do much about Whitfield getting a concussion on, on 10 points. That's unfortunate as well. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't mind. There, there is a little bit more mid-price madness this year because of players like Simkin, like Bailey Smith, just jumping out. Yeah, I think your forward line could quite easily be mid-price madness at the moment with an eye towards um, saving, I don't know, using them as stepping stones at some point or making money off them that you can use elsewhere. My forward line currently has Bailey Smith, Hugh Greenwood, Christian Petrarca and Jai Simkin in it. So, And those are all mid-price guys I would have yeah. considered at the start After of the year. After trades this week, I think mine will be the same. Yeah, I've got Devin Smith there as well, but I, I'm just leaving him. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, with the shortened season, why the hell not just go for broke? Yeah, I, I, would, I would as well. Be... be, be um, be proactive. Be proactive and innovative this yeah. year, I think. Um, we've got a couple of questions from Tyson Parcell as well, who asks, Hey, gents, love your work. Good on you, mate. Um, is Lockie Neal the best choice considering it chews up all my catch to get him? I've got seven rookies on the field, and I'm unsure of when to start looking to get them off the field. Um, look, if you need to... Look, obviously, Neal is incredibly expensive, but you've got to be careful where you're prioritizing your cash as well. If you're playing too many rookies on the field and you want to look to get a cheaper mid-price player like a Callum Ward who could score a little bit higher than those rookies or a like we say Jai Simkin Chad Wingard in the forward line those sorts of guys I would probably prioritize that if your team is struggling to field a decent amount of premiums yeah I think the cash cows is always it's Every year, it's all about picking the right time to move them on, and I don't know any of them are really at that point to actually cull yet. Mm. So you yeah. may as well chase some points while yeah. you can. Yeah, um, uh, that's my philosophy. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't necessarily say it's working for <laughs> me though. Well, he also asks: uh, Are Noah Anderson and Curtis Taylor viable options for on-field? Both have the ability to go either seventy or thirty. Uh, I'd say yes. As rookies, you, you just don't know with rookies. Some weeks they're going to go. Some weeks they'll have great weeks, and some weeks they'll be bad. Yeah, so uh, Anderson is playing Frio this week, which is exactly the sort of game that he probably will score decently in. Yes, yes for me. Frio give points up. And uh, Curtis is playing uh, Hawthorne, yeah. which could go either way. Yeah, I, I, I'd play both of them on the field, yeah. honestly. I, I think I would as well. Yeah, Even though they had bad games this week, I think you can sort of... Uh, they have proven they have the ability to score. Yeah. Um, and that's the questions for this week. So what we're going to do right now is jump straight into our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. We play it every year. Just to quickly run through it, uh, 
basically what we're trying to do here is if you run a draft league, if you're looking for a player to come in one particular week and absolutely smash a score out of the park, or you know do half decently considering some of the other players on your team, this is the guy you should look to as available on your waiver list that you can pick up. So uh, last week, obviously, we talked about some of the guys we had. I had a... Uh, Dan Butler and Dacos. Uh, Dacos, who both performed pretty well. You had Stasevic and Zach Butters. Who did not. Zach well, Stasevic was good, Butters not so much. Not so much. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so basically what we're trying to do is get you as many points as you can off of the waiver list. Um, we try and select guys who are under or close to 50% ownership so that they'll be available for you. And also try and stick to guys we haven't picked in the past. So yes. I picked first last week. Who are you looking at, Matty? Uh, Buderick. <laughs> Buderick. Buderick with my first uh, 39% owned uh, centre forward plays Frio this week Frio is the main um, the main factor for me that I like mm-hmm. um, plus the fact he's gone 63 and 69 in his last two yeah. so there is the danger that with a young player coming off a um, a rising star that he might um, their consistency might be an issue mm-hmm. but if it, it basically if it was anyone other than Frio, I'd be more concerned. <laughs> um, no, I like that pick, man. Buderick looked really good this week. Um, my first one is a defender. Um, I'm really, <clears throat> I was really iffy with this pick. He's forty. He was forty-eight percent owned. I believe he's gone up to about fifty-three percent. Um, that is Grant Birchall for the Brisbane Lions. Um, came back in last week for his first game with a thirty-seven, uh, trying to shake off that long-term injury. Um, had a 67 this week against West Coast, which was a very solid score for a defender. I think he can aim to keep it up around about that 70 mark. He is a very high possession defender when he's on, and they will look to get the ball to him just like they did with Luke Hodge. So, honestly, I feel that he could be a very handy pickup for your team for a couple of weeks, particularly given the fact that Brisbane are playing... uh, Who are they playing this week? (laughs) Shake the shoulders. Um, Brisbane this week are playing uh, Adelaide. Oh, yeah. Yes. He'll smash it. Yes. Smash it. I'll put you down for two points now. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, Grant Birch was my pick. Awesome. Um, now, for mine, I... Who do I want to go? <laughs> You've got a couple of options there. I've got two options. Do I double up against Frio, or do I go with the slightly riskier center option? Uh, I... Picking centres is tough. Mm. I reckon you double it up against Fremantle. Ben King it is. Benny King. Good man. Um, and again, this is pretty much just the driver of playing against Frio. Uh, 23% owned. 62 and 68 in his last two outings, which is pretty good for a, um, a young forward, key position player. Probably going to play against Ethan <clears throat> Hughes, which will be also benefit his scoring. I don't know. He may get um, Logue or Logue. Cox, get which Logue, is yeah. probably more problematic, but what the hell. Yeah, exactly. No, I, um, I like that pick, man. I really like yeah, that pick. I, I'm not really confident on this one, but yeah. Um, um, yeah. Keeper leagues, if he's unowned as well, he showed a lot in the past couple of weeks. Um all right, my other pick, and I hate myself for doing this, um, and we do it a lot, obviously, picking guys off the waivers, trying to stream key forwards. Because um, there's a lot of them on waivers. Against Adelaide, Eric Hipwood. Um, for the Lions, he scored an 80 in round one. Um, was obviously, as key forwards do, was down in round two with a 40, and mm. then scored a 52 last week. Honestly, I think that you could pencil him in for around about a 70 against Adelaide, considering how poorly they've been. 
uh, or how poorly they performed so far this year. Mm. And yeah, I reckon he would be a really good pickup for just this week. I mean, I yeah, can't stress that only. enough. One week only. Yeah, true. Alrighty, no, I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, for those of you playing at home, my other option that I considered was Jai Caldwell, thirty-nine percent mm-hmm. owned centre versus Collingwood. Not bad. Um, Fifty-four and seventy-five in his last two games. Uh, not see, so might not be best twenty-two this week. Might get pushed out with some of those guys returning. Who knows? Potentially, potentially, mm-hmm. yeah. And a couple of guys that we that I mentioned earlier who were above fifty percent um, were McKenzie and Casbolt, who yeah. I also don't mind streaming this week. No. I like it, man. Well. Great, good stuff. Looking forward to seeing how those players perform throughout the weekend. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. So great to have you. And make sure to contact us at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter if you do have any questions. We're always happy to help out. But until next week, hopefully your players smash it out of the park this weekend. And we'll catch you then.